Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Sup, Boo? Hey, man. How are you today? <laughs> do you know what Boo means? Oh, God, Dude. I was waiting. Do you not? Do you not know what Boo means? I know that was I. Did faked. you say Boo? I thought yeah. you said Dude. No, I said Boo. You called me Boo. Yeah. What's wrong with that? In my term, that was a that was a, a lovely term for your spouse. What does that mean? Boo definition. Means my baby. My, oh, oh, said my, suddenly that, my kids' yeah. mama. I think y'all call it Bo now, right? Bo or potentially my child's mama. What does Boo? What does Boo mean? What does that mean? Boo girlfriend. How do you spell it? How do you spell it? B O O. No, but I love. Scaring yeah. people, so when I say boo, I mean it. Remember, like, you're boo. dealing with you're dealing you're not dealing with an actual word. It's it's slang. So go the Urban Dictionary. Urban. Dictionary. I don't know. Yeah, I it's need a, I need boo. an Urban Dictionary. I'm gonna Urban your dictionary here in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What do you been? So what? What's uh? What's been the favorite part of your week so far? It's only Wednesday, so you, it, it should be rather specific. What's been the favorite part of your week this week? That God has given me the strength to make it through when I thought I couldn't. Yeah? I worked seven hours on one lawn. Wow. By myself. Why? Why and did it take that long? Is it that big, or did something happen? Five acres with a lot of edging, a lot of driveway. Okay. A lot of uh, weed eating, tree trimming, hedging. I did, I did a full service by myself. You haven't had any help? Have you been able to keep up with it? Um, I can tell you a funny story. Can I go with a funny story? Okay, let me hear it. <laughs> Saturday, we mowed nine lines, Darcy and myself. Wow. No help. Wow. Um, we knocked out the first three or sitting together, so it's like, you know, brum, we're done. Oh, babe, we did that like in an hour and a half. That was kick. Yeah, we did great. Next line. We hadn't been told that it needed service, so you know we kind of drove by, looked at the front yard, and, and this yard is Larry Otters, but this yard it grows perfectly together, so you don't really notice how yeah deep and thick it is. The backyard, though, we weren't looking at when we drove by. It was mint. It was bad. Um, so there was like I weed eated. The yard, because that's my job. And I'm usually done with the backyard. We did it and done with the backyard before she gets done. By the time she's blowing, I'm coming out of the of the back, right? Of course, Princess over here is on the riding lawnmower, huh? No, 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 no. This is all push right now. She said, push, fool? No, no, no. I do all the riding. She don't do that. You don't like the riding? Huh. No. She likes those perfectly straight lines. I don't even know what that oh, means, she bro. Is, She's immaculate. Does she ever do them sideways just to kick things off? Nice striped sideways. Yeah, yeah. yeah she does my cut in, and then the the squares that just continually get smaller. No, like no. I do that. That's what no, I. You do. can't do that because then you have to go across those squares and you tear up the whole pattern. Well, if you're in a hurry, if if right, you're right. not, you work from the center. No, out. we we do we do back and forth. Hey, he needs if, to know oh this. Oh my god! From he the needs center to know this because he's volunteered to come skills. help me tomorrow. 
You're going to go help Larry? Yeah. I'm bored. I'm so, bored. I'm in ba- Bro, you should have told me I got roofs going on, no, man. Yeah, I don't want to do any roofing. <laughs> <laughs> that, might, that might be... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got to get, get all the mowing done so when the fences man. job starts coming in, I'm ready to go. Well, they, they had this new guy. Are, are you finished with I your story? I got a fence on Tuesday. Huh? Were you finished with your story? Sorry. No. I was transitioning. No, no, no. No, he wasn't sorry. even halfway through his story. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, I know. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> we knocked it out. We 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 got down and we we're we're at lawn seven. Yeah. We're starting to get tired. It's the heat of the day. It's starting to really kick. Yeah. And I I go over to her house and I park and there was a hill. Uh-huh. Right. So I usually park this way, but I parked this way on the incline. And I lowered the tailgate and I unhooked the the um the straps that hold the mowers in place. And she was like, oh, babe, let's, let's lay down. And my back was hurting from all the weed eating. Let's lay down here on a concrete driveway because it has a, a carport and the concrete was cool enough that it would be relaxing for a few moments. We lay down. And uh, about the time I lay down and put my arms over my head, pop my back, stretch, I hear this weird noise and I'm thinking the carport's falling in. And I, I glance up, and then I set up, and just in time to watch my lawnmower coming down off the tailgate, hauling butt down the road on this hill, and there's a car at the end, and I said, Garcia, catch, catch it, you know, and she jumps up, takes off, sprints, dude, my 54-year-old beautiful wife. She's fast. Sprinted full speed and caught that mower before it hit that truck or car. Wow. There for a minute, the thought went through my head. Oh my gosh, she's gonna fall! Don't fall. <laughs> she start doing the doing the wobble. Her her her. It, it looked comical because her top kind of got ahead of her feet. Ah, mm-hmm. and then it kind of caught back up. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it, and I laid back down so I wouldn't have to watch it. And I'm thinking, man, all those neighbors that heard us yell because I mean, you know, I'm loud. Turn around and look, and they see the man laying and the woman running. Right. Yeah. And then she had to push it up the hill. Yeah. Before we start mowing. Man. (laughs) Are you glad you quit smoking now? Full sprint. No, I could still do that when I was smoking. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how I was when I was drinking, dude. Like, I, I, I realized I had a problem whenever I drank every bit of the fifth of Crown. Mm hmm. Um, I just had that much left in the bottle. I opened the freezer the next morning and I was like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. I drank that whole I thing last night. I just killed a fifth. And then I went and ran, I, I PR'd a 10K the next morning. Right mm-hmm. after I drank that thing, I went out and I ran my fastest time on a 10K out in the hills. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, that's the fastest I've ever ran that before. Um, I might have a problem. <laughs> started a new habit? <laughs> yeah, well, no. What, running? No, drinking before you run. Yeah, I know. Maybe it's because I was still drunk. I don't know. But that's when I started to realize I had a problem. I was like, oh, man. like." Well, 100 years ago when I could actually run, I do remember a young – we were in Denver, and uh, we were at a party, and I was drinking a lot of beer, which I don't like beer. Yeah, I know. And I drank a lot of beer, and he drank a lot of beer, and he got in an argument, and he took off running, and I went chasing him. Never run with a full belly of beer. Yeah, did you throw up? Oh, yeah. Oh, but you nah. can, you Both can, of us. You can run with a full belly of tequila. <laughs> yeah. Because that, yeah. al- that alcohol has an agenda. 
And yeah. running's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> running, hitting, <laughs> stitches, yeah. kicking, punching. It's so My mom threw a coffee table once. We do not she was drunk on tequila. I, we do, Seriously. I believe it. We do not recommend any of this. No. Yeah, no. This was stupidity that we learned. Yeah, not and we to don't do it do again. No yeah. Okay, we got to give a... Otherwise, they'll think we're... Promoting alcohol, yeah, yeah. No. I think it was funny. Like, it's funny stories. We were human. Like, yeah. I was, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I think probably the unbelievers out there can can get their head around that. Yeah. And don't think that we're pushing it. Yeah. Well, we didn't always walk with the Lord. We walked in our flesh, and our flesh was quite stupid Yeah, in our day. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Um, oh, the the roofing thing I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm doing my own roofs now, you know, and I have a, I have a guy that's working with me. One of my, one of my guys, um, well, I have Lane and he's 21, so he's fine. He's still hurting a little bit, but I've been working out for like going on six years now. And there's some days I work out six days a week. And so like, I'm not in the worst shape in the world and this is killing me. And that the other guy doesn't work out, and so he he showed up today. So I wouldn't put you on a roof, Mark. I wouldn't do it to you. Uh, no, at fifty six, dude. I'm, no. I'm done with roofing. Yeah, I don't you can't get up do there it. And, yeah, I, I mean, you could. I think you could do it. I could do it. I, I, I could, just but, don't want to pay yeah. the price. No, I know it would be. It's not worth the paycheck for uh, me. <laughs> uh, uh. Well, I'm all set for tomorrow. Yeah. I've got. I changed the blades yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to take a little time off yesterday. Um, Monday hurt, but I developed. Poison ivy from one of the lawns we mowed on Saturday, and I had to go get a shot, and um, all that stuff took my morning, but I had to work on my mower and clean my deck and change my blades. I'm sorry to interrupt the show real quick, but I've got to tell you something personal because I forgot to tell you, but I'm going to tell you now for when we go back tomorrow. On the right side of that gate, when you go through that gate on that house that we're roofing, there's poison ivy right there. Are you that, allergic? That the where it's turning red right there, it's poison ivy. Um, there's several different poison ivies, so I am allergic to one. I just don't know which one. Hey, go rub on that well, one. Well, I can guarantee is. that. <laughs> Shit, though, no, the that lady one in that yard, I know I am allergic. The to lady now. told me yesterday. She goes that that plant that's growing on that right fence right there. She goes that's poison ivy, and you are allergic to it. So I don't. I didn't even know there's different types that you could be allergic to. But she told me, for whatever reason, she told me I was allergic to it. She doesn't know anything about me. Maybe it's just maybe it's just like really handsome people that you know that's allergic. That's to That's gotta it. be it. Then, yeah. then I wouldn't be having a rash right now. Poison ivy. Well, poison ivy almost killed well, my mom. But I, I I also went and got it. No kidding. She got it. Her throat up. <laughs> she got it. And my mother was all about God curing. Everything was, you know, the natural had to be cured. Don't go to man, all that. She went to a holistic doctor who gave her more poison ivy. Oh, my in goodness. The film of, in the form of these little white pills to take. And he said, by taking the poison and the poison ivy, your body will stop having allergic reactions. How dumb. Oh, she blew up. It almost killed her. It was insane how, how much she swelled up. Well, that would be like a person being allergic that, to penicillin and taking it anyway. Yeah, she got yeah. like internal poison ivy. It yeah. Was crazy. How dumb, dude. That's well, so dumb. That, technically, yes and no, because that's what they do when they inoculate you is they give you small amounts of whatever it is they're inoculating you against. 
so that your body has an opportunity to build up the resistance so when you face it, it's not a problem. But I feel like it's obvious not to do that. Poison ivy sounds like stupid. I've never heard that one before. With contact uh, allergies, though. Like it's going to contact you. You know, I could see maybe doing that in super small doses or uh, preventively long before you've ever had a reaction. Yeah, but not to get rid of it. in the middle of it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I want to say this because we got to get to our guests, but I want to say this first, that we all said we had a longer meeting than normal today, but we all sat there and we decided that for episode 50, Darcia came up with a really good idea that what we're going to do for- Darcia is my lovely wife. Yep. They they know by now. Well, they Um, get told every time- but so what happened, uh, what happens is on episode 50, what we decided we're going to do instead of having a bunch of guests on or anything, we're actually going to have no guests on. And what we're going to do is because most of the time it's us interviewing other people, getting their point of view and stuff like that. But for episode 50, what we're going to do is we are all going to sit here and we are going to talk about what the show has done for us so far, what our emotions are like, what what we have been through over the episodes. I may even bring up some key moments in the previous episodes, and we'll talk about how we felt and stuff. Actually, for anybody that's listening to this right now, if you're on Spotify or any of the audio-only ones, you'll have to email us or anything else, but I'll save the emails. If you have any questions about what we were feeling during certain parts of the show, or if you have any questions at all, we will answer those questions on episode 50. Um, yeah, send us in some questions that you've been wanting yep. us to answer. Any questions at all. Um, and then also, if you're on TikTok or anything else like that, just DM me the questions and I'll write them down and we will make it a whole thing for episode 50. So that's what we've decided to do. No guest at all now. And we're just going to talk about where we've been, how we've been feeling on the show. And I we don't really talk about that amongst each other either, about how things make us feel. So it's all going to be... Um, new for us, really. I mean, we do talk uh, very gen- general statements about how things make us feel, but we don't go into detail about it. So it's going to be new for um, us to talk like that to each other. So, but anyway, we're we're running late today, so we got to get to our guest. Our guest today, um, his name is Coco Medic on social media. Um, I believe he's an agnostic atheist, but um, as as normal, we will get to him um, and listen to him about it. And get his points of view. Um, this is a really nice guy. I really like him. Um, he um, he's he's normally pretty nice to people unless they're you know poo poo heads. Coco medic, what's up, dude? What's up, Zach? How are you? Good man. I don't know why I just made it sound like a radio show. Coco medic, hey, you're our tenth caller today. You win a free signed Larry shirt. I am looking forward to it. I can't wait. I was. Can I switch it for a visor, maybe, though? <laughs> no, I'm, oh, I'm no. actually, I actually got a hoodie I'm trying to get rid of. There's, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. You got to see, see that hoodie, man. I don't know if you watched the episode oh, yeah. where, um, I don't know if you watched the episode where someone sent us a, um, uh, they sent me a hoodie with Larry's face all over it. All over it. Oh, that sounds like, horrible. Like, it was too much Larry for right. Larry. And then they they sent him a visor with my face on it. Why haven't you wore that again, by the way? I miss that. I'll have to go find that one. Yep. Because I wear a different visor every week. Which episode was that? So it was the one with Pastor Gary. So it was it was Preterish Josh, I think. Hold on. Okay. Preterish Josh. I have my I have my list of visors so I don't duplicate. <laughs> uh, are you kidding me? No. No, Mark, he's been pulling this list out every week. Yeah. He literally, before every show, he writes down his list of visors. Yeah. Uh, it was episode 22. There you go. 
Episode 22. Yes. Got it. Yep. That should be easy to remember. Larry. Yep. 22 has the Zach visor and the, and the Larry hoodie. And I sent a picture of that hoodie to my daughter. And I said, hey, I'm going to grab my grandkids a duplicate of this for Christmas. What do y'all think? And she said, absolutely not. <laughs> I think you guys need to get you a little store going where where the fans can come on and get that. I'd buy a I'd buy a hoodie with Larry's face on it. Mm-hmm. I got one for you. You can have oh it. Oh my goodness! Me too, man. I'd, I'd, I'd straight up buy a hoodie with Larry's face on it. <laughs> well, it hey, depends on right what you're now. Doing. We can just auction off that one of a kind, Larry hoodie, Ooh. and auction it off online to raise money for the ministry. Dude, there you're go. gonna make like fifty cents. So you're bidding a quarter. I got a quarter. I got a quarter. I just quarter, came quarter, up quarter. with an idea because you know how Larry waddles with his walk. What you remember those waddles. things? You remember those things where those things where whenever you turn it different ways because of the material and how it looked, it looked like an illusion. The where, hologram. Where did, yeah. 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 And so when whenever we can wear the shirts when you're walking and you get different lights, you'll see Larry going walking. Yeah. That's a great idea, dude. Larry's mad at me. <laughs> Like, After all think, those feelings hey, shared about hey, not mutual okay, respect, first, you first. just you just <laughs> he's I, like, all right, buddy. <laughs> do I still waddle? Um, say no. I don't know. Say, I don't have it. Not say as no. much. Not as much. Really? Because I, my legs aren't hurting as much. Really? Yeah. I've been going without the knee braces. Even yeah. pre, uh, even now. pre since pre ibuprofen, they feel fine. Mm. Huh? Oh. What do you mean? So you, you you lowered your dose of ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel better than what you were when you were taking Since ibuprofen? Since I've lowered the, my ibuprofen. Since I'm on natural stuff, which I don't even know what the heck it is. Yeah. Um, and I quit wearing my knee braces. And let's not forget, I was prayed for twice. Yeah. And then I started, I claimed my promises from God and started walking on those promises. My legs have not hurt as bad. Do they hurt? Yes, occasionally, but not as much. And okay. I even stepped in a hole the other day. Oh, wow. I managed to make it through it without dying. You were still taller than me, probably. <laughs> yeah. In the hole. Yeah, I only went down <laughs> to four or, five, four or five inches. That makes me mad, too, I by still the way. had four or five inches to go before it'd be anywhere close to your height. That makes me mad, dude. See, see, we were doing good pre-meeting. We were fine, and then now we're roasting each other. See, we're just back to normal. <laughs> Co- Coco. 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 Coco's we like, I think here. they forgot about me. No, I think he's I think he's been watching the show long enough that he knows that we do this sometimes. Um yep. so so uh, we, we were talking before we brought you on. You're an agnostic atheist, right? Or just straight up atheist? No, I think uh agnostic atheist is an appropriate term there, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say like you um I, I really enjoy interviewing the people that have like this, the similar approach to people that, um, that I do. Like I get to where I don't like, cause I was telling, um, I was telling, oh my gosh, why did I forget his name? D- Dave agnostic evangelist. Oh, Dave. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, one of, one of our followers who's a Christian, um, kind of sent a, a pretty like, ramped up message or a comment to him and he he went back after her and she messaged me and he messaged me privately whining yeah whining they were both whining to me and then i i told her i told her she's a christian i told her i said hey 
That's she was like, you, am girl. I wrong for saying this? And I said, yeah. hey, listen, man. I'm like, what What do you expect? Like, yeah. you throw you throw shade and you expect them to just be like, you're right, and move on. I was like, unless you won't, <laughs> you know, you don't want heat, don't get in the kitchen. You know what I mean? And then I told Dave, I said. You if, told if, a woman not to get in the kitchen? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I have a question. Uh-huh. Um, and this is too. This oh, is Coco Medic. Coco Medic. Coco Medic. Um. Words mean things to me. <clears throat> they have def- yeah. they have definitions. So it's one of my pet peeves about the generation we're living in, because <laughs> so many words have been redefined. And so I'm curious about what agnostic atheist means. I've always been, I've understood that agnostic means without knowledge. Atheist mm-hmm. is inherent denial that there is a god. And it seems uh, like those two, it's like it's an oxymoron. Could you explain okay. to me? I'm just curious. Yeah, I think looking at it from that way, I could definitely see how that could um, cause some confusion. I think you're spot on with the, the agnostic. It's, um, you know, I don't have knowledge of a God. Um, somebody who claims to be Gnostic uh, would say that I know that there is a God. Um, being agnostic, I take the I don't know position. Right. Um, when you get down to uh, theism, uh, the way I understand that is that has to deal with belief. Um, so atheism is just the answer to the question, do you believe in a God or God? I don't. So I'm an atheist. I don't. Um, I mean, I have some videos where I do state that there is no God. But, um, you know, inside, I don't I don't know that to be true. Um, I have to take the agnostic stance there and say that I I don't know. I don't know that I could know. But as far as theism, to me, that means belief. And since I don't hold the belief in God, I take the atheist stance on there, too. Um, as far as rejecting a belief in God, um, I think that kind of goes more to the anti-theist. Um, uh, yeah. would be an appropriate term for that. Okay. Uh, okay, so it's like you're an open-minded atheist. Yeah, I think that would be... Uh, I'm looking. I've, you got, I got TikTok videos. I'm asking people for evidence and, and mm. proofs all the time. I'm definitely open-minded and looking for it. Well, he brought up something, and I've never actually thought of this before. I've never even thought about this answer for myself, really, but he brought up the word Gnostic, and he said that that's where people claim to know that there's a God. Mm-hmm. I believe I know your answer to this question, so I'm going to go to Mark first. Do you know that there's a God, or do you believe there's a God? That's a tough question, huh? It, it's interesting. Um, I can remember a point in a period of in my life when I believed there was a God. I didn't like that God because I, my conception of him was uh, skewed by a bunch of stuff, my own self, really. Um, it wasn't until my abject failure and then being reborn and my powerlessness and then being reborn in his miraculous hand in my life on two or three separate occasions that I, I, I believed in a God and then I know there's a God. So you're at, at no now, but you have, but you weren't always there, right? I wasn't what about? There. I know what you're going to say, but I'm still interested in your in your thought process. Do you believe there's a God, or do you know? 
I believe in the God that I know personally. Okay. There you go. Fair enough answer. Yeah, I, I like that answer. Okay. The amazing thing is when we uh, interviewed my brother uh-huh. um, on episode five, I actually wrote all the definitions down. So that's why I grabbed my notebook. I have the definition for agnostic, deism, atheist, and uh, I wrote them down so that because I was dealing with my brother who claimed to be a agnostic, so I actually have the dictionary definitions right here. <laughs> Coco, I want to jump. I want to jump right to something that I saw one of your videos that was uh, that was super interesting to me today. It was where oh, yeah? it was where you were um, is where you were explaining basically um, how whenever you first started to, to depart from um, from God, essentially that you sat down and you had a conversation with God. Um, oh, yeah. Can you um, can you tell me what that conversation was with God and how it went and, and as detailed as you would like to be with that? What what was that process like? Um, yeah, I'll try not to, I think I kind of summed it up in the video there, but, um, yeah, I had spent, it was just one of those kind of growing up as a, as a young adult, I had kind of been around it, around everybody that I was around knew and believed in God, Jesus. Um, it was a very big part of my childhood. Um, so kind of as I started growing and thinking more, I just, I had questions and, um, you know, people in that, in that group weren't able to really answer questions for me. I was getting a lot of, you know, pray about it, talk to God. And, and I'd actually done that for, for some time before, um, before the conversation you're talking about, I'd spent some time, you know, meditating, um, praying before I'd start reading the Bible and, and things like that. And was still just not really feeling like I was getting the answers that I was looking for. So I, I did, I had a, had a little prayer and, um, just kind of like I'm sitting here talking to you and just said, you know, Hey, I, I've got questions. I'm not getting answers to them. I feel like I'm trying here. You know, I understand if, if you are who they say you are, you can understand that, that I've got to go, go ask some questions. And I hope that, you know, if, if I find my way back, I hope you can forgive me sometime. Um, but I really just, I need to get out there and kind of do some exploring for myself and kind of see what I could do. It was just, uh, Hey, I'm sorry. It's kind of come to this, but but this is something I need to do for myself and I hope you understand and I hope you'll be there and, and willing to forgive me if I do decide to, to come back. So those questions that those questions that you had for other people that you had to go ask, did you ever, did you ever ask God those questions? Um, I would think so. A lot of those questions had to deal with, um, I had a big, big problem with hell as a child. It was, it was terrifying for me. And I just, I guess always kind of had this thought that I didn't truly believe and I was going to end up in hell because of that. So for me, a lot of those questions, you know, were around hell and it would be like, you know, what, how could you send somebody like me that just, I've got a little bit of doubt, but, but, you know, <clears throat> I was being told that, I'm going to go to hell because of that. 
And um, I didn't really have anybody kind of like the people around me today that were knowing where the stories in hell, knowing where the stories about hell in the Bible came from and um, that the stuff that I was actually being told that hell was didn't actually occur in the Bible. So you, um, that, you, you, know, you were, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you were, you were told, no. um, you were told um, when you were younger, when you were um, a practicing Christian, you were told that if you doubted, you'd go to hell. Yeah. Um, Zach, one night I had a youth, church service and the pastor um they made a bonfire that night he gave his sermon around the bonfire and just each you know every few minutes throughout his sermon he would actually have us kids in this group step closer and closer to the fire so we would start to understand the agony and pain that we would feel in hell if we didn't live our life the right way you have a problem with that? Yikes. Sounds like he's got a lot of problems. Yeah, you you do have a problem with that. I have I honestly sitting here listening to this and I'm going to be vulnerable and honest because there is part of me that goes little much, dude. But then there's also part of me too that because you have to understand, man, if you have to understand if what we believe is true. Crap. We lost him. To all the fans, um we lost him. We're trying to get him back. Um, but we're going to talk about another subject right now before we get him out, and we'll try to pick back up when he calls back. Um, so that's crazy. Can you shoot him a text to let him actually know? Sometimes text will go through when a call won't. Um, that's crazy, but Mark Mark doesn't believe hell exists. Well, I don't believe the modern or the conception of this place where you are in internal torture. Um, I don't believe... You believe in destruction, like it's a destruction? I was raised Seventh-day Adventist, and I was taught that that hell is the grave. And that, um, yes, um, if you're not in Christ Jesus, you will have to, you will be thrown into the lake of fire um, at, at the end of the judgment. But otherwise, if hell it was an existing place that you died and immediately went to, then what? Unknown caller. There it is. Okay, so we'll talk about this. <laughs> Okay, so Mark was just going into something, um, but we're going to pick back up, and then Mark's going to start back where he was saying. Um, so I'm going to remind you that we actually didn't do any introductions for little for uh, Coco here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I started well, saying poor little Coco, and I, I figured that was pretty condescending. Coco, do you so know who everybody in the room is? He was. Oh, he's not on the. He's not on the. Um, hold on, Coco. Sorry. How is it not hooking in? It says he's connected, so sometimes you have to do this. Okay. Hello? Okay, Coco, do you know who everybody in the, in the room is? Uh, Yeah, I know you, Larry, Mark, the other Larry, Angela. Yeah. Um, did I miss anybody? Darcia's in here, but she won't talk. Right. Unless I throw the okay. mic at her, she, you might talk is to Is that Larry's wife? Yes. Yep. Yep, okay. So, meet everybody. All right, Coco, can I ask you a quick question and then let... Uh, just so I can write down a few things. You said that you basically were, you know, raised up in church. What church were you raised in? So that's another thing. I don't know that I really have the answer to that. Um, I, I mean, I had actually asked my mom one time as a kid, like what a religion was or what a denomination was. And I was pretty much told that it was kind of like 
kind of like Christianity, you know, but it, it was the, we were the true one and the ones that were kind of like us, but doing things a little bit differently. That's what religion and denomination was. So I didn't even realize until I was an adult that it was probably something along the Pentecostal or Church of Christ, uh, very fundamental, fundamentalist. But honestly, Larry, I couldn't tell you. I would kind of list that as a Christian church. Okay, yeah. Not okay, a, not, I, I kind of a non-denominational Christian church setting, okay, which is yeah. kind of follows the guidelines between what you just mentioned. I mean, uh, most Christians are like, hey, we're doing it right, you're not. So I, do, right. I don't understand that. In, in, <laughs> okay. And I grew up so, in Apostle. What's your age, Coco? I'm 32. Okay. That's not even close to a pin clicker. No, but it, it gives Wait. me an idea of, of roughly what time he was in the youth program, which would be predominantly when they were a little bit out there for a while. Yeah, um, it was real big in the rapture culture uh, yeah. in the 90s. Um, Late 90s, yeah. early 2000s, right? Yeah, that was it, yeah. And some of them had a little radical approach to that. I... I, I grew up doing the bonfires and stuff as well. Uh, but we never had anybody had a stand closer to the fire because, well, typically I was jumping over it anyway, so that wouldn't bother me, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a crazy kid. Uh, but yeah, let, I just wanted to get that information down. Okay. So before you hung up, here's where we were. I was saying that I had mixed emotions about the bonfire thing because if what I was saying is, is if what we believe in is true, then I think we owe it to people to um, warn them about hell. But maybe not like, because it does say in the Bible that some are, some are going to be saved by fear, but then some are going to be saved for the thoughts of glory of God, right? For the, mm -hmm. for the glory, gloriousness of God. And so like, for me, it's like, man, we should probably really warn people about this. But then also like, I mean, um, Jonah came to me last week and, and they said that they, they taught him about um, Isaac and Jacob, the story of Isaac and Jacob, whenever um, he, he, you know, he, God told him to kill his son. And I just kind of hit this pit in my stomach for a minute. I was like, whoa, little young there, bud. Come on, like, little young to be telling my kid about that story. They're too young to process that, you know, which I, I, I still, I, I agree with the leadership here in this church stuff. If, if they feel like he's old enough to do it that's fine but i still it kind of hit me a little bit in the stomach i was like mm, maybe a little young you know what i mean like to be saying stuff like that but yeah but at the same time what is the tv showing your child right youtube and everything else right i mean yeah. you're horrible, right, right now horrible. how old how old how old your boy six okay yeah. and he's playing video games probably yeah and yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. he's killing people yeah so so i mean yeah but i mean Nowadays, they're exposed to it, is, is basically what I'm saying. They're exposed to killing people on these video games yeah. to inoculate them Marvel against movie. feeling, against having any. They're inoculating the kids against having feeling about killing or about fighting because it's a normal reaction on the video game. So why would it, in that particular sense... We do okay. have to learn about death. So I don't know why it bothered me, but I'm just telling you, this was last weekend. This was last weekend, so this was Sunday, like two days, three days ago or whatever. Yeah. So all I know is when he told me that, it hit me, and I was 
I was questioning whether it was too young or not because it's impossible. Like, I understand the story of Isaac and Jacob now, but I didn't understand it till I was in my mid-30s. It was like, okay, kind of, you Isaac know. Isaac and Jacob. I'm sorry. Um, I'm Abraham. sorry, Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and yeah, Isaac. Yeah, sorry. Isaac yeah, yeah, yeah. was sorry. Jacob's father. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. But anyway, I want to get to this because whenever I was talking about that, the concept of hell, Mark said, dropped a bombshell on us. Yes. Mark said. And we're bringing it up. I said, I don't believe in many of the Christians' definition of hell. Um, right. Yeah. Know, that's, uh... I was raised in a church that, and I'm going to say this, and I hope I don't offend anybody. Someone got mad at you for talking Just, about the hey, Seventh-day Adventist last week. By right. The way. I bet go, they did. Go for it. That, that, that frankly views God as more of a just God meaning that hell has an end. Hell is the grave. Hell is separation from God. It says in Revelation that the dead will be judged, and the ones that do not have the blood of Jesus Christ, because the law will condemn everyone, they, they will go into eternal life, and the rest will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. But it also says where the smoke from their torment goes up forever and ever it does say that but why would they call it death and i so i totally understand we've talked to many agnostics atheists witches that all have a problem with what seems to them like a really sadistic cruel entity and I'm at the, I'm not, this is not a salvation issue. I won't argue with somebody and say, you know, it's necessary you believe this way. But I grasp that kind of understand, that kind of sentiment is, okay, well, because God created me. I get that, that he, he's the owner, but what kind of God would condemn me to everlasting, nonstop torment if I'm made in his image? Why so I don't. So I have an issue with that too because, like, but it's not about me in it. Like, I me, I've met so many people like Coco that's on the mm-hmm. phone right now, and um, it's hard for me to believe that God, it God would send the guy I'm talking to on the phone right now, the guy that I've been watching videos of. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to wrap my head around that he would send him to hell forever and ever. Right. Um, there's. The, the result, Thank you, Zach. what does the Bible say? The Bible says that the result of sin is death, not yeah. eternal torture. I just want to point this out, Christians. Death. I want to point so, this out, Christians, that me and like, I, I know I'm I, stepping in. I, I think, okay, hold on. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm more on the side that I believe there is a hell from the scriptures, right? but I'm get, I'm sharing my personal feeling that like, I don't want to think about Coco going to hell. I don't want to think about that. I don't either. And because I think I think me and him are probably a lot alike. Like he just doesn't believe in God, right? Which is a big deal. Don't get me wrong, but like, um, well, I think I, I like forever eternal punishment. Like that, it's a very hard concept for me. Well, I think it's a religious construct, and I think it's one of the things that's driving God's children out of His hands. Yeah, I gotta is, agree with you there. Yep, this is definitely. my opinion. What? So what? So hell's the whole thing that's holding you up. Larry's looking at scriptures. He's going to read some here in a minute. But the, hell's the whole thing about you. And I, Coco, I'm going to be honest with you. I tend to probably believe there is a hell based off of scriptures. But I can see why it push you away. I don't want. I don't want there to be a hell. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Like, well, what's your thoughts um, on that? So, 
Yeah, uh, just a little, I guess, correction maybe. I don't know if that's the right word. It wasn't like just that. That was kind of what got the gears turning, I think. And then it was just kind of looking. It was really more, you know, getting around more open-minded people, studying in college and stuff like that, that I really wasn't able to reconcile a, a God belief with some of my other understandings of the world. So, um I don't. I didn't answer your question there, and I actually forgot what you said. I was leading up to the question. So, what was the question you actually had for me? I apologize. Well, I was just like, "What's your?" Um, so, let, let's. I'm going to move on from that question. Hold on. So, oh, it was about I, the hell thing. Yeah, yeah I guess I. I want to talk about. That. I want to talk. You're writing a. You're writing a book about religious trauma. Um, yeah. If if. Can you give us a couple things, if, if you're willing to be vulnerable and tell a story um, about what kind of religious trauma or give us a story of a religious trauma that you have um, experienced? Uh, so a lot of, like, I don't even know that I have a hard time, you know, comparing my stuff because, like, to me, it doesn't that bad well when you talk to l when you talk to lg it makes us all all of our experiences sound not (laughs) that bad you know what i mean like like bro Uh, honestly because i know you're um oh you guys don't know who lg gray is but she's a comedian and she's an atheist and she's a very outspoken atheist and i've talked to her in private a couple times and her story is crazy and the reason why i have not had her on yet is i have her phone number she has mine I just have not reached out to her yet because I do not think we're ready to have her on this show. Is that yet. the one that plays the piano? Yeah. Or grew yeah. was the one that played piano yep. in church? Yep. Yeah. Um, I do not I don't think we're ready to have her on yet. Um I don't know if I'm equipped with um what it would take to handle that properly. Mm. Um and for and to stay on mission for what this show has to do. I don't think I'm ready for her and I would probably just cry the whole time, and that I don't. That's not a good look. So, um, I can agree. Yeah, thanks, man. That that's not a good look. For <laughs> I know. You to be crying. I know. I've only <laughs> cried on two episodes. Nah, Give me a break. But nah, I, I listen. When you when a, we're taught by society as men that we are not supposed to have feelings. Yeah. Well, guess what? God incorporated the feelings into us, so therefore we do have feelings. Yeah. And it's a a lie from the enemy that we are not supposed to be emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I'm letting you know that um, it's best to be emotional about that. Coco. So yeah. I, I get what you're saying that, you know, a lot of people now that have like real religious trauma right. in quotation marks, but I, I don't think you should minimize yours either. I think that's not, sure. it's not okay to do that. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't me, mind hearing a, a story. Lot of, a lot of mine was just kind of like what I told you about the, the bonfire thing. Um, that was, that was probably one of the most traumatic things I went to. Like it was, it was a little extreme, just like the thought that I was left lit with leaving there. I mean, nightmares for months, you know, praying myself to sleep, that kind of stuff. Just being in that kind of terror as a child, uh, was, was a little traumatic. Um, did you ever have a positive relationship, positive side to your relationship with God at all? Ever? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, we've had, uh, my grandfather was, uh, 
man, you know, to he actually had um, an altar call at his funeral, if that tells you anything. Um, And so anything around him um, that had to deal with religion was has been great. I remember one time I went to a Baptist church and as an adult and really just I can't even remember what I was struggling with at the time. But the the preacher talked about um, he had lost. Uh, he, him and his wife were having twins and um, they had lost one of the twins during birth and um, I think I was dealing with a faith issue because that's what his message ended up getting to but um, it was basically after he had lost the twin he was out in the hallway praying or thanking God for the, the child that did survive or something and another person had actually walked down the hall, went through a similar situation, had lost a child, but asked him, you know, like, how could you be thanking God after going through something like this? And he was actually able to bring that guy, uh, bring that guy to God. And at the time, that was a real positive message for me. It was something, um, like I said, struggling with the faith. It was good to hear at a time. So yeah, I've, I've heard, had positive messages. I've had great interactions with Christians. It's, it's def- I'm not one of these that says it's, it's all bad or all Christians. That's okay. So I don't mean with, I don't mean with do. Christians. I don't mean with Christians. Yeah. I don't mean with religion. I don't mean with pastors. I don't mean any of that stuff. I mean, like you always, you talk about the fear you had of God, but did you mm-hmm. ever have positive experiences with God himself. Like, and I know you say you don't, you don't know if you don't believe, but I'm saying like hypothetically, if at the time it could have been God, because I mean, anybody that would just um, be raised the entire time with nothing but fear, anybody would find a way to walk away, away from that. That's why I'm asking like, like, have, did you ever have Uh, anything positive? You and God one-on-one? Man, I would have to say either no, or I don't know. Um, in that, you know, I, I, like I said before, we would have conversations or I would talk to God. We'll put it that way. I don't know if it was a conversation because I, I'd never really heard anything back, you know, so it's hard to kind of call it a relationship. I, uh, actually had a conversation with a friend about that, uh, struggling with faith stuff. He had told me, you know, pray about it and I told him, you know, I pray all the time, but I don't hear God talking back. What's that look like? And, you know, <laughs> talked to him about that and actually made a joke to him about being a, more of a burning bush type guy. Like if God would just talk to me through a burning bush, I would get it. But yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know that I've ever really had that kind of relationship or anything like that. Cause I've never really felt that it was there. I wanted to say I something. Like, I wanted to say something earlier um, I just wanted to give you my my experience um, and my relationship with God. That whenever yeah. you said you had a bunch of um, you had you had a bunch of questions that you went and started asking pastoral staff and stuff like that, um, I've mm-hmm. had a lot of those same questions, and I tend to um, I tend to go and I ask everyone these questions because I like getting different perspectives on it. And whenever I go asking those questions, that's exactly what I get as I get different perspectives. And then you just kind of have to rest on um, what you believe is true based off the scriptures that you're reading, right? And it got confusing, and I hated it. So if what we believe in is true, then we should be able to go directly to God because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so that's exactly what I do. Do I get an answer all the time? No. 
That's, I don't. Um, but I have a few times. And one of the biggest questions I had recently was for a couple months, and I've kept this one quiet. I haven't really asked anyone this because I knew that um, I probably wouldn't get the answer I'd like and it would frustrate me more. And so um, one of the questions was that um, the concept that I have to be covered by the blood of Jesus to be saved and, mm-hmm. and that whenever I go to heaven, God won't see me, he'll see Jesus only. And I was like, God, why? why um, my question was, why am I not good enough to go to heaven? Why do you have to have see Jesus? Am I that bad? Am I that bad that you, um, that you have to see Jesus? Like, do you not love me? Zach for Zach? Like, and, um, I had that question for a couple months, man. And then I was interviewing, um, Pagan Allen and he, he had that same question and God answered Alan's question through me. It was insane. Um, it is the craziest thing I'd ever experienced um, an answer to a question. But when Alan brought up that question, I go, oh, man, I've been having the same question. And, um, and I was very interested in hearing Mark's perspective on it and Larry's perspective because I was like, please God, have, please, God, have some sort of answer here for someone because, um, because I wanted to know the answer to this too. And it popped in my head. I heard, I heard him, um, God tell me in my head, John 3.16. And John 3.16 is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And we, we always say that because we memorize that verse. Listen how I just said it. It was very cadency. Like I, had, I was you could, saying it right there along with you. Yeah, you, you can tell that um, I had it memorized. Everyone has that verse memorized. It's probably, if not the most popular um, verse in the Bible. It's most one known. Of, yeah. And so, but if you actually look at that Bible verse, in that Bible verse is the answer to that question. And it's a very difficult question. What's the first thing it says? For God so loved the world, not because God loved Jesus, it was because he loved you. So because God loves Zach and because love Mar- God loved Mark, because God loves Larry, God loves Coco, that's why he sent Jesus. He actually loved you first. You see what I'm saying? And so when God answered that question to me, I was like, oh. So that also got me thinking about other questions that I have, right? Right. That there's probably an answer to all of them, and there's a reason why God's not giving them to me. That's why it says to trust him. And I kind of get why you wouldn't know. I kind of get why you wouldn't because sometimes bad things do happen. When we put our trust in something, like it, whenever I say I trust Larry, if he ever screws me over too bad, I'm not going to trust him anymore, right? Um, right? But that's human. But when we trust God, sometimes bad things still happen, and then people will tell you to still trust God. So I get I get why there's this nuance because we're looking, did I say that word right? Wow. Um, so I get why there's this, this, this thing between people where we look at God from these human lenses. And I'm just sharing my experience with you right now. Like it's not like I'm sitting here trying to teach you anything. I'm just showing you from my perspective that we try to put God on this human standard and that when bad things happen to us, that he did it and, and that he let us down. And so why would I trust someone when you, when, you know, when they let you down, when maybe he's not. 
And maybe there is an answer to all the questions, and maybe there's a good reason why he's not giving you the answer to them. But he, I, if you go directly to him, he'll give you the answer. He'll give you the answers to some of them. And that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And I'm, I don't know. That's just my personal experience, man. I don't want to shove it down your throat or anything. But No, I don't feel like you are at all. I feel like you're you know, sharing a perspective there. And I think – I know you don't like to – you don't debate here or anything, but I think another question, like the one I really struggle with that goes back to what you're talking about is, you know, if God, if God really is there and he created all this and there is a heaven or, or there is a hell and maybe it's not brimstone and fire, it's something different, maybe it's eternal, maybe it's not, we're playing by his rules. Um, so for God so loved the world that he sent his only son, why did it have to be that way? Why does it, why, why did he have to set it up in such a way that we have to go to hell and he has to send his son to forgive us for the rules that he created. It just, it's a big circle loop. that just, yeah, you're saying, so basically what you're saying is you think God could have created a world to where um, he would have never tempted or Adam and Eve never would have been tempted and we still would have populated the earth and we all would have been fine. Right. Is that kind of basically, um, am I giving a synopsis of that? Uh, yeah, I'd word it a little differently, but um, yeah. yeah, yeah, basically, um, yeah, it, if God is all-powerful and the creator, he could have created it in such a way that this this system wouldn't be necessary. If he wanted to forgive us, he could have done it without sacrificing yeah, so I, his own. I don't have the answer. I don't have even a, I don't even have a concept to answer that. Larry, you do? I, you're yeah, doing this I don't little, either. Larry, you're doing this little head bobble thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's when I know he's got something. <laughs> All right. Let's to, hear it, Larry. To a degree. Okay. I'm not, okay. I am not a scholar. I am not an educator. I am not, I, I just know what I was taught growing up, and I know that what I've read in the Bible. All right. First off, we, sure. stick, we stick with, with John 3.16, but what does John 17 say? Uh, you'll have to read that one, bub. Yeah. yeah, I think you're going to have to read it. I'm sorry. Larry. John 3.16, that's the only one I've memorized. For God <laughs> did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Okay? Through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. The reason... God created this system. He already had, I mean, think this through. He created angels to worship him. They really didn't have, right. they didn't really have a choice, but they, they did, but they didn't. And I'm going to, I'm going to touch base with that. Okay. Mark, disagrees they, they were you guys are going to get in a debate today. No, not really. I would let that debate <laughs> go. Were, I would let that one go, dude. They were, God created the the heavens and the angels there to worshiping right angels okay. are one level below humans okay then or will be right he wanted to create something that literally so. had a choice okay so he created in his image man right man and man and woman i, I i'm old school so when i say man i mean mankind not just males but he created males and females in his image to worship him by choice. Well, they wouldn't have been able 
to make that choice if there wasn't a choice. And I truthfully believe the Bible says that all things were created for God. All right? He created all things for his pleasure. For his good pleasure. But what Coco, let me add on to the... So when he created Satan... See, we see, oh, well, this, this, this uh, Lucifer, who was the, the angel of angels, the uh, worship leader, the, the be- most beautiful angel there is. So this is why people have problems with hell, because I'm going to ask you this question, and Mark, you can put your thoughts in this, but, and what Coco's basically saying here is God created a system, right, knowing that some people would not choose him and would suffer in hell eternally. And what kind of good God would create even one person knowing that they would go into eternal punishment? God created the person. He gave you that option of choice. He gave you a choice. If I stood here and said, I had no choice but to serve God. It's not love, right? Then it's not. It's not because I have a, an emotional attachment to God. It is not because it is my choice. My choice for many years was to run from God. Yeah. And I had knowledge of God. It's a tough question. What's but, your thoughts on that, Mark? But if there is eternal torture, then choice is an illusion. Is it? Yeah. I don't have a choice. If that were true, agree with you there, if, if yes, that were true, I have no choice. I am not signing up for eternal torture. Hell was not created for humans. There, there, yeah, right. But what I'm saying is the way I the way I view God, and I'm I'm thankful. You know, to me, it's the punishment is being away from God and the end, the end of me, the end of life, because that's what the Bible says. The result of sin is death. Death is the end. So if you're internally tortured, that means that you have eternal life. But God said the gift of Jesus Christ. Your soul is eternal. Your body is flesh. Your body's death is different than your soul's never-ending death. I can I can see that view. Too. That would be the second death that it goes on forever. It I doesn't. Can, it's not a instant stop. Re, remember, I just like mine better. <laughs> well, remember if we talk about this, <laughs> we even especially in here. If we talk about this, we can talk about it, but it stays respectful because you have to respect Mark's views too on this. Because I, yeah, I, I, I know you do. I know you. I'm just reminding We're too everyone. Good friends to I know. I'm reminding that right, but. But we'll like, probably be talking about a lot tomorrow, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, we so do a men's Bible study together. Coco, you you agree with Mark in that whole sentiment that it's not really a choice if if you're given the choice between eternal punishment and okay. Um, so, so if it was a yeah. separation, let me let me let me clarify something. If it was a separation of God, and that was the only punishment, is that for eternity, you would be completely alone. In the darkness, not in any form of light, but in a complete darkness, completely alone. No torture, nothing, just alone. Well, it's the same thing. That's not death. Um, I, I, when you say separation from God and then translate it to just being alone, like, to me, those two aren't the same thing. Um, are you saying, like, uh, are you asking me when I when I die if it if hell is just me sitting there observing nothingness 
blackness, not hearing anything, not feeling anything. Uh, is that what you're asking? Well, actually, I'm asking the question to get clarity on what your definition or Mark's definition of y'all, y'all both brought up the, the lake of fire. You both brought up the, um, uh, torture and, and, you know, let's see the worms that never die, the gnawing and gnashing of teeth. But you believe, you believe Satan goes there, right? Do you believe Satan goes to hell forever and ever? Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I think everybody's going to, fire will purify and burn to the degree of your sin. And then you're dead. That's, that's what I believe. I don't know what Satan's design is. I mean, that may be the smoke that rises um, forever. And well, ever. I, th- the way the Bible says this, He's the, got a lot there is eternal punishment <laughs> for demon, uh, Satan and his angels. And for mm-hmm. the one third, that's for sure. Yeah. Because, I guess the because they too literally had a choice, right? But right. Satan was able to drag a third with him. That yeah, that agree okay, with his mind. One third. Coco, I have a question. I know uh-huh. this I know this is a hard one to say um yes to. And you may not say yes, and that's fine. But do you think it's possible that we're being tricked that there really is a Satan and that we're getting uh, or and that you possibly could be getting tricked that How about deceit? God is this um well, that's a. I try to stay away from common Christian terminologies. Um, and um, deceived it like you're being deceived. Well, that's they, a they use that in a court. You, you know. Yeah, I know. But you, you, you're being duped. You're being tricked. You're being, um, you're, you're, because honestly, that's the way I look at it. That like, if Satan really does exist, and he really does have a goal to keep you away from God, then he really does know how God operates. And he can devise a plan, and he's way older than us, first of all. Who knows how old he is? Um, he knows that Bible better than you do, too. Well, that's Amen what I'm saying. That. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> do you think it's possible you're being tricked and God really is good? Do you think that's a possibility? And, I mean, if he does exist? Um, no, uh, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think there's anybody there to be doing any tricking unless it's um, kind of the higher ups in the church or the the religious leaders. I think are the only people that are doing the tricking. Gotcha. What 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 would you need to see to bring you to bring you back to Christianity? What what would have to happen? You know, I actually made a video answering this question about a week ago, and my answer to that is. I don't know, but if God is all-knowing or all-powerful, he knows and has the ability to show me, and he hasn't yet. So I'm left to assume either he doesn't exist or he doesn't want me to know he exists. Eric said that to me, too. Eric said that. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting... That's it, man. I can't sit here and tell you anything that that I know of that would convince me. I mean, I could tell you... If God came down and said, "Hey, here I am," I would, I would, you know, there would be so many other things—a um, hallucination, a dream of just being deceived by somebody else. Hell, maybe being deceived by the devil. I don't know. <laughs> um, so we had a girl on the show named Haley, and she went into yeah. like, uh, did you remember she went into the float tank that story, and that she was. Um, yeah. 
she was trying to um, conjure demons, essentially. And then the evil spirits. Yeah, 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 I remember that one. And then Jesus showed up and um, reached out his hand and said, "It's time to follow me." Is, would would that yeah, be enough? That a, man, that's that's kind of the same thing. Um, I think what she was doing there is she kind of. Um, have you heard of have you heard of shamanism like indigenous practices how they've got the the drumming or the dancing or there's certain extreme situations extreme dehydration um the the native american vision journeys they put their bodies in this intense state of stress yeah um a lot of shamans do that to do their their vision journeys and this is a situation that would basically get somebody in that trance-like state and if something like that were to happen to me i would assume that it was something that happened essentially under what would be kind of like hypnosis or something like that um yeah and i guess you really i mean like it wouldn't be illogical to think that either i mean i i get that that's why i'm just i only have a few examples to go off of and that's why the stories i've heard over these last 40 what are we on now 45 40 45 45 episodes i only have a few to go off of that's why because genuinely coco i mean this from the bottom of my heart i i literally am just trying to figure out what's in people's hearts and what's in people's heads um why they don't like why people think the way they do because i really feel like i can grasp the understanding of why everyone thinks the way they do like that's what Mm -hmm. i that's what i think it makes me um, be able to relate to so many people on this show is because like, I don't think you're nuts for thinking the way you do. And I appreciate you not thinking I'm nuts for thinking the way I do. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Um, because there are people out there that do think I'm nuts. So it's just hard. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's hard. It's hard because at the end of the day, I think like, what if it is true, man? Like, do you ever sit down and think about that? Like, what if it really is true? And like um, you really are on the wrong path. That do you do you get scared at all about that anymore? Worried at all? Does it ever pop in your head? And you go, crap, dude. What if this is true? Not not anymore. Um, I did uh, for a while there. Even after like that conversation with God, I told you about. I was like, oh crap. What if something happens while I'm on this little break from God? And and like the the, the timing was just bad. You know, I blew it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's something I definitely used to worry about. Um, but not, not anymore to me. I mean, I almost like find humor in it. (laughs) It's a weird coping thing, I think, but yeah, yeah, uh, no, this is crazy, but I I just had an idea pop in my head because he lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but you know what I think would be really cool if we had him if he, if we had him come in studio one of these days and, um, and help us interview maybe a a person that doesn't believe, I don't know why I felt that just like pop Mm. up real quick that maybe that would create some sort of interesting dynamic. I'll trust your leadership on that. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if you'd be willing to do something like that, Coco. I'm honored that you would even consider it. I'd love to. Well, I hate to tell you, but I think it was the Holy Spirit talking to me there. But I know you. You know what? It may have been. I don't know. <laughs> I think he was. I think he was just trying to get me to come get you. Is what he was trying to do. 
Yeah. Is that what it is? He knows, know, he knows I get to. Well, he knows I get to Tulsa in an hour and a half. Actually, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy Larry a motorcycle, and I'm gonna make nope. you ride on the back of it. Oh, <laughs> that breaks all the rules. And and those are God given rules. Yeah, I broke all the rules. What's on your visor, by the way? Don't don't say Hot Wheels because if it's Hot Wheels, I'm gonna walk out. That is a flaming motorcycle. Gosh, dang it! That's what I thought, man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I thought of that. I um, it just popped in my popped in my head like things do, and I I couldn't hold it in. I had I had to tell you that that I think that would be an interesting dynamic. Um, because I know you're writing a book on religious trauma, trauma, and I think it's valid. I have religious trauma. I know I've told this story on the podcast, but I'll tell it again. But this traumatized me, man. Where um, my sister was a little older. And I love my sister, man. I used to pray every night. I used to, cause I'm a little, I'm a lot more selfish than I used to be, but I used to pray every night that I would die before every one of my family members, because I didn't want to know what it was like to lose them. And I don't know if, and I dang sure don't pray that, pray that now I'm like, take them God, me last. You know what I mean? It's like, it's different now because we get tainted um, with our adult, adult life and stuff, but I remember um, the youth pastor and another one of the pastors um, telling my sister that she was going to go to hell if she didn't change the way she was living her life. And these were like leaders I looked up to and I love my sister. And I'm like, what? Like, oh, I don't want my sister to go to hell. She's doing, you know, and she was like seeing boys and stuff like that. You know, it's things that um, most teenagers do except my daughter or I, or I will, she will meet God soon, sooner than what she needs to. But anyway, it's one of those things where I was like, no, what, why would you know my sister's going to hell? But then a couple months later, that youth pastor got caught stealing from uh, the church. And that same guy that told her to go to hell, that was traumatizing to me. No, no, no. You said told her to go to hell. No, told her she was going to hell. Okay, My mom told me I was going to go to hell if I didn't, Changed my ways. Yeah, no, but he told her that because be, told her because she was the way she was living her life. But then the same guy that told her that Gets embezzled caught. from the church like ten grand. Or All something things like that. done in the darkness will come into the light. The Bible says that. Yeah, and so I that was traumatizing okay. for me. All things done in the darkness will come into the light. Now I'll share. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, <laughs> Lord, I don't want to share my religious trauma, and God, and I'm not sure He wants me to share this, but. <laughs> all things done in the dark will come to light. My first religious trauma was when I was about 11 or 10, 11 years old. And what do little boys do in the bathroom alone? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And my it's rhetorical, right? Right. Well, I do. Mother, I do. It's definitely rhetorical. Please don't answer the question. My <laughs> mother told me that I was sinning, I guess, caught me or figured out that I was doing that in the bathroom and told me that she was going to have the deacons and the pastor come to the house if I ever did it again and pray over me. And so that began my war with religion. How <laughs> embarrassing, man. That's yeah. embarrassing. Bro. I didn't, no, that, no, no. I thought it was at seven. You got the bacon. No, no. And then okay. at 11, you got so that, it, huh? it was it was maybe eight or nine, maybe ten for the bacon. I don't okay. have my years right. Yeah. Right. And then after that, then I get told you put unclean meat in your mouth, you're going, you know, that's against God. You're going to that sin. You're going to hell. So yeah, that, so religious trauma, we all have it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so how do they explain the vision that Peter had? 
I know. Don't Take don't eat. name anything that I Have made clean. unclean. Yeah. Oh, you got roasted by a Seventh Day Adventist last week, dude. I posted a clip, uh, and it got and yeah, Seventh Day Adventists don't like you anymore, bro. Well, <laughs> you done messed I up. Haven't didn't like that religion for a very long time, but <laughs> but that's, but yeah, I would make that illustration, Mom. If I can't eat pork, then why? God can't illustrate the truth with a lie. If He says He's made the unclean clean. Not only is he talking about the Gentiles, but all of that food, too. Yes. No, absolutely not. But (laughs) we've had this. Hmm. Yes, I know. And therefore, the religious trauma. Therefore, the religious (laughs) trauma. Coco, one last question. We'll do the rounds. Wow. So we identify with you, Coco, or I'll do it for you. (laughs) Are you truly happy? Am I happy? I think so, yeah. Um I think I am. You, why do you say I think? Well, I mean, you deal I with mean, struggles. I think I think happiness is a journey. Yeah, um, you've got your struggles that come up, but man, I've got a good job. I've got a, a great community around me. Um, got a happy marriage. Going to school. Just I, I just feel. I'm going to say blessed. I have a hard time saying that word. I just feel yeah. blessed. I've got nothing to be happy about, man. I, it's, it is. Yeah. I'll tell I, you I one. Do, of, I'll tell you one of this show's secrets that I don't know if I've shared on air before, but we yeah. purposely stay away from saying, um, typically religious because we truly, we truly created this show for people that don't believe in God. That's what we created right. this show for. And so in order for us to do that, in order for us to cater to the people who don't believe, we don't use those words that make them feel, you guys feel uncomfortable. Like the words of, like Larry sometimes says, removing the scales from your eyes, right? And that's a Bible. No, okay. And he's shaking it, you know, he doesn't, he, Larry is just very old school and he just, you know, Larry's going to say some of that stuff, you know, but we try to avoid some of those terminologies because we know you're at the place where you're just like, Ugh, blessed and <laughs> scales over your eyes and and um and uh what, what was another one debauchery debauchery um stuff yeah, like okay. that you know he's using normal <laughs> first off i read new king james okay yeah i was raised in king james new king james is still using the old english niv for me and he doesn't understand old english so those particular words yeah seem to um um hit the check pattern that that's biblical words and it's not really biblical words it's just old english words i'm saying i think i understand typical words that trigger people that don't believe in god i think i understand but that, yet they typically. read macbeth what's macbeth oh my gosh <laughs> it's shakespeare and they don't actually know who shakespeare was they, uh, they don't. They didn't teach you shakespeare <laughs> in school I, they maybe did i didn't pay attention to school romeo and juliet so but we have that debate, Coco. We have that debate on here whether whether people that don't believe in God can achieve true peace. You believe it's possible without God? Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, I think it's a journey. Like, um, I think you can, you know, get to a point of happiness, but you, there's always, you know, something you're always going to want to uh, better yourself. You know, whether that's 
earning more money or earning less money or um, getting an education or taking some time off for the family. You know, there's always, you're always going to have goals or aspirations, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's completely possible to reach happiness um, without a God. Okay. All right. So let's, um, let's go ahead and do the rounds. Um, we're about at 120, so that way we can get in the regular place. Um, Mark, go ahead. Um, I think the Stoics best de- de- um, define the human condition um, without God. That was man is always looking to gain some things, some object, some status, some relationship, thinking it will complete him. He gains that thing and then inevitably feels a disappointment with the thing that he thought that he needed and he strove towards only to see another thing that he needs to complete himself. And this cycle goes on and on and on until your death. <laughs> and I know it seems really dystopian, really, really bad. Um, that's the way I felt. And I think that the reason the Stoics define that problem is that's the problem without God, because we're always looking for something to fill that hole. That's God's size. That was my experience. I, I would, you know, reach the pinnacle of my profession thinking that would complete me and I'd be happy only to find disappointment and letdown. And, you know, then I go looking for something else, looking for something else. And none of those things ever gave me what I call in a group that I go, we call in a group that I go to called serenity. You know, so for me, um, a relationship with God gave me the tool for, it filled that spot. I don't know. I guess I I believe we're genetically encoded to want a relationship with God. That's where we get the seek and ye shall find, knock the door shall be open to you. It's, you know, people say, what is the purpose of life? To find God. I believe that is the purpose of our life, to find a relationship with God. So, I'm, I'm going to interrupt real quick. I got, one, I got a question. I think we still have time. But, Coco, do you believe you diligently seeked God when you were a Christian? I do, yeah, absolutely. Um, between reading, prayer, talking to friends, family, religious people, trying to talk to God, religious leaders, sorry, like preachers. I don't know what the appropriate term is now there, but the, those religious leaders. You there? Not so much conversations. I didn't feel like it was there was any talking back, but I felt like I did my due diligence. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough, Mark. Okay. Well, um, that was that was just my take. It's kind of the philosophy that I've come to. Um, looking back on just the the endless parade of 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 vacant processes I went through, looking for serenity and peace. And that thing that I couldn't quite name. Anyway, I, I found it in Christianity. I found it in God. And I, I, I really want to take this opportunity to apologize to any Seventh-day Adventist out there. You know, the Bible specifically states, who are you to judge another man's servant? And when I have talked trash 
on Seventh-day Adventism, um, it was, it's not so much about Seventh-day Adventism is it was about me. Your experience and, with it. And yeah. my experience, you know. It um, sounds like you had a crappy experience, to be honest. I, I mean, I did you could apologize to him, but it sounds like that was kind of a I did have experience. a crappy experience, but I'm not throwing all the baby out with bathwater. Gotcha, yeah. You know, and so sometimes I get a little um, exuberant and, uh, you know, if, if you're a seventh day Adventist, I'm not telling you you're not going to heaven. That's between you and God. I'm just speaking upon what went on in my head when certain tenets of that religion were, were expressed to me. Yeah. And the way they were expressed. Mark's just saying that he thinks you guys should go get a pork sandwich as soon as you hear this. Oh, dude, you just, you just did it. You just did it. Right. And I don't care. And you're, don't. and you're concerned about negative cotton. I, I don't know them anything. Yeah, I'm well. kidding. I love you guys. You know it. Okay, Larry, your turn. Uh, first off, uh, I would like to to say thank you, Coco, for coming on. I, I really enjoyed our conversation. I, it goes a whole lot easier when it seems like you're somebody that I've known for a long time. Oh, well, thank you, Larry. I but, appreciate that. But yet you're not old enough to have known for a long time. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Uh, in the words, Ecclesiastics 1 would be the first verse I want to um, to to just read. In the words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Solomon had all the riches and all the wisdom. And he he went through everything he could possibly do in the flesh to pleasure, and the he wrote Ecclesiastics, and it is the general theme is, is it is all meaningless. Everything here on earth is meaningless. The only thing that has meaning is relationship with God. And uh, we read uh, John three sixteen and and seventeen. But if you wouldn't mind, I want to. Read eighteen through twenty-one because this is all the words of my of my Savior. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict: light has come into this world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who loves evil or does evil hates the light. And who will not come into the light for fear that it is that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. All this talk about non belief. I went through a time in my life when I didn't follow after God, but I never had any doubts for some reason i never really doubted god and <clears throat> you you on the other hand were told that since you had doubts um that you would quote unquote go to hell but what about right. Th- what about thomas he was he's known for being doubting thomas and yet he was one of the disciples it is not easy with a finite mind to understand an infinite being we are not designed to do that. We are never going to fully understand everything that God has placed before us. But he did it in the best way for us to come to redemption through his sacrifice of his own only son for us because he did love us 
from the beginning of his creation of us. He loved us enough to know what he was going to have to do when first he gave us a choice by Satan's fall. He was the ruler over this earth. He was allowed entry into Eden. He bought or stole or lied his way through to get the lease on this planet from Eve through her sin and through Adam's sin as the leader of that family. He should have shut that down immediately, but he didn't. So to be able to buy back and to set things back to the right, man had to be willing to sacrifice. There is the story of Abraham and Isaac. Man had to be willing to sacrifice his son, his only son, for God to say, now they have come to that point. And then he made a way that he already knew from the beginning would happen. He made a way for us to come back to it. And we are to believe in Christ as the only door to heaven. I just wanted to leave you with that little bit of information. All right. Got it? You done? And I, I got it. I appreciate it, man. I'm going to actually go back and read that again uh, after we get off here because I think I. Do you still have a Bible? Some of that. So do I, oh, yeah. I've got a Bible app. Seven, eight of them. I've got one in oh, my nice. back seat I can reach and grab right now. <laughs> nice. Um, so I'll keep mine, sh- I'll keep mine short to, and. Um, but I really think I want to do that this winter. I'm going to reach out to you when we get off um, get off here and probably schedule something in the winter with you if that's okay. You want to come down? I, I think that'd be really interesting to have someone that doesn't believe in God come in here and talk to and help us interview another person that doesn't believe. Why don't, he, why don't he come down, hang out, yeah. and, and uh, go to church with us on Sunday? I bet he would. I bet you would, wouldn't you, Coco? Uh, that's, that's a bunch. Maybe we start with coffee. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> you want me to meet your parents already. That's, that's third base, ain't it? Going Coco, to church is third yeah. base. Coco yeah. was starting to feel that hook yeah. pulling on the side yeah. of his cheek. <laughs> Larry, Larry, Larry's one of those kids that hits the ball at the bat and runs directly to third base, and the parents are going, no, it's that way. <laughs> But anyway, um, I, I don't know. Um, I always appreciate people like you that, um, that, uh, take the same approach as we do. There's a, there's a couple people that I've interviewed that, um, just act out of character online and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, I, I don't like it. I don't respect it. Um, I do respect the fact that you don't believe the same thing as me and I respect your approach. And I understand sometimes you have to get a little wound up and, that's okay. Oh, yeah. I try. Um, I try not to myself. I've I've been doing really well lately, not to respond to the haters and stuff like that. But um, I don't know, man. I just uh, I just for for me, um, I continue to talk to God, and He responds to me sometimes, and sometimes He doesn't. I think it. I think He talks to us in the same way that He did um, even back then when I read the Old Testament. Um, I I read uh, I read the story of Gideon. And, um, and how Gideon com- communicated God, I was like, oh, wow. I, I read it. I was like, he communicates with Gideon, Gideon the same way he does me. And honestly, by what that, what that means is, is that I could be like, I don't know if that was God or not, but I've developed such a relationship with him. I know when it's God and I know when it's not, but it's hard to explain because it is a spiritual aspect and 
one person could say that it was weird and that I was crazy. One person could say that. But what if I'm not? You know what I mean? It's like, what What if I'm not crazy? What if I'm, what if I'm right? Then technically you're the crazy one. <laughs> and you're far crazier. <laughs> yeah. You're far crazier than me if I'm right. <laughs> you know, but, but like... It, but right, but like uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, man. I could be wrong. I understand that, and I could just be crazy. But um, I I I combine what um, my experience has been over my journey with God and how I communicate with Him, and I combine it with what I'm reading in Scripture, and it's very very similar. And the more I get to know God, the more I realize that it is there is something going on in the spiritual world that is attacking me that doesn't want me to walk with God. And if I went away from it, it would all, it would all stop. You know, I know it would all stop. I, I feel that like, Hey, this would all go away. Life would get better. Life would be just so much easier if you just gave all this up. And I can't though, because I have to see what it is. This thing is trying to stop me from, and I won't do it until I figure that out. So, um, okay. That, that's all I was going to say. Can um, I, can I'll, I ask one more question? Uh-huh. Coco, what happens yeah. when you die? If you don't have a belief in God and you don't have a belief mm -hmm. in hell or heaven, he's going to say, I don't know what, what <laughs> happens when you die, dude? I don't know. <laughs> Told you. Um, I, I don't know, but what I, what I think happens is I think it's something similar to just what we experienced before birth. Um, you know, you remember that? Nope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. That's technically what you believe too, huh? That if an unbeliever, but just same thing as before birth. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, I think oh, the promise. Sorry. Yeah. I think the promise is heaven and eternal life with purpose and intelligence and, and feeling the complete love and connection with each other and God. And then the punishment is I'm nothingness. Yeah. I don't exist. You anymore. don't exist anymore, which is, um, which is still a punishment. I, I mean, you know, I yeah, mean, I don't know. know. Some days it feels like that would be nice. Would that be a punishment? <laughs> you know, what, take a I mean, nap and I'm just sick of this old world and yeah. tired of it all. Technically I, that wouldn't be a punishment. I mean, yeah. first off, you have to believe that your soul is eternal. Okay. Secondly, if it's eternal and your body's not eternal, then oh, eventually gonna, they separate. Right. Guys, I mean, after death, there's going to be some punishment. I'm sorry. This is coming up here, too. We're yeah, I'm going to give you both homework this week, okay? And you guys are not allowed to talk about this subject for the rest of the week on the phone or any—, any I'm serious. And you both have homework to do. And the intro of the show next week is going to be what you your both of your homework has been. Can we make a deal on that? Check my hand on it. Does that mean I have to study LDS? No, no. Okay. Uh, the, the, you mean the, the topic of hell. The topic of hell. You both are going to study. You're going to gather scriptures. And in the intro of next week, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the topic of hell next next week and our views on it. Well, I was getting ready to talk about Revelation. If you don't want to do it, that's 11, fine. Say no. Say no. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. I'll do it. Uh, Larry says he'll do it. Mark, you in? Possibly. You want a devotional every day for on hell? 
<laughs> Mark, yeah, you will do that, Larry. Larry's going to write a devotional see, on hell. I'm willing day. to be a little bit agnostic as far as that topic goes, but I'm, I'm not really sure I, I want to know. I like what I believe yeah. right now. It's yeah. comforting to me. I'm still as motivated to go to heaven. Yeah. Not sure. Why would I'm, you focus on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, not yeah. sure it really means that Okay, much. we're going to scrap it. I would only okay. do it for the educational purposes for having a discussion openly and understanding with people that are open to having a conversation as Coco instead of how most agnostics or atheists would just be bashing the crap out of me right now for even mentioning it. Yeah. Okay. So we've got, um, we've got about 11 minutes. I want to give Coco, um, as much time as he wants here, but, um, uh, talk about your book in your closing statement and then, um, and then the floor is yours. All right. Well, um, the book's probably going to be a little disappointing. I haven't got much further with it. Um, since we had talked last, I've, started school um and then that's just been kind of overwhelming so i don't i have made pretty much no progress on the book since i told you where i was at with it last time which is just kind of having a rough outline and about half a chapter written so, okay no that's fine uh, but it's a it's a testimony uh, or i'm sorry it, it's um it's stories yeah, of so, religious trauma right uh th that will be included yeah it's kind of an overview of of religious trauma i'm in school to be a counselor so it's going to focus a lot on kind of the the treatment the therapy for it that kind of stuff but then it'll also include um yeah stories from from survivors of religious trauma and, and that kind of thing so um well, there's a lot of y'all <laughs> there are and that's uh, one thing i'd actually um had talked to zach about before was um I'm not real familiar with a lot of people that um, actually remain in the church after that, but I'm sure you guys are. And those are, those would be some people I'd love to kind of get in touch with. And like, I, said, I don't want this to be a, a God bashing leave religion book. I want this to be something to help people um, that have gone through this. You so. want both sides. That's really cool. I like that. I would read Absolutely, that. Yeah. I would read that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you're not just, um, you're not just trying to have an agenda and put somebody from your only side about religious trauma. You want to interview people that still believes in God with religious trauma. Cause you're just looking yeah, for, absolutely. you're looking for the answers like I am, man. And you're not afraid yeah, to dig into the opposite side. Absolutely. There's, um, there's some powerful, um, support that people can get through church, the community. That is the one thing, the atheist community, if you will, is where we fail um, in comparison to the church is, is community. We have essentially no community. <laughs> um, so, and that can be a big helping factor for somebody um, going through certain things. So, you know, for somebody to find a church, um, maybe like yours that, is welcoming to people and isn't going to condemn or traumatize somebody that could be um, very healing for them. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, I think being around humans could be traumatizing sometimes. Uh, absolutely can. I was a, I was a paramedic for almost, uh, see, it was probably 13 years. Um, I was around a lot of traumatizing people. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that's rough. Like, yeah. I mean, I know I used to be a police officer, by the way. And I heard that, I think, this morning when I was listening to last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, the, the youngest 
they're the second youngest. Chief of police uh, in the state of Oklahoma. Chief of police, yeah. yeah. And the and the first youngest chief of police was twenty minutes away from where I was chief of police at. Wow. Yeah. Um I was uh yeah, and I didn't deserve to be there. I dang sure I I I felt like I earned it at the time and I look back now and I'm like, I don't think I would give me a gun even, much well, less give yeah. me a chief of police. <laughs> Take this through, Coco. He's in the north you're in the northeast. And and that uh, was that was out in the southwest yeah. area. Think that if you've ever been out there, think I remember that whenever I was uh, applying for cop jobs when I was twenty one years old, um, I I applied for a department in East Oklahoma, Okmulgee, and then another one in Southwest Oklahoma. And um, mm. I was talking to people in Oklahoma, and I was like, "So what's going on? Like, what what which one should I pick? Because I got a job offer at both of them." And they said, "Well, if you want like stabbings and." pursuits and and a bunch of exciting stuff then you go to eastern oklahoma if you want a little more docile then go to southwest oklahoma and i must have picked the one spot in southwest oklahoma that <laughs> had a bunch of eastern oklahoma people because it was crazy we had we had 13 cops in a tiny little town and i was like why do y'all have 13 cops and they're like you'll see and i was like okay yeah, like, wait till but yeah, I did it for, um, I did law enforcement for almost 10 years. And I know that I feel like a luxury that I had was whenever I showed up, the people were usually already dead and I didn't have to watch them die. And, um, and pair, I could, uh, there was a few where I had to watch a person die before and that was very traumatizing. And so I can imagine you, um, are still having to deal with some of that stuff from that. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's uh Man, I can't count. There's, there's a lot. It's, you don't, you don't do that anymore. <laughs> um, no, I actually kind of had my last straw with it. Hence, uh, you know, I'm in school to be a counselor now, so I'm, uh, I'm working in the counseling field, kind of, you know, with other counselors, um, kind of doing scheduling, filing, kind of learning the business type thing now while I'm in school. I kind of i'm still licensed but i'm not working on the ambulance anymore at all no yeah what do you um one question what yeah. do, what do you hope comes of this conversation what do you hope the people are listening to what do you hope they get out of this man i think just to show that you know people can be decent um to each other that we don't have to believe the same thing and we can get along and uh, i think if if one person can just see that and you know be kind to somebody that shares a different belief than them i think you guys are are changing the world thanks man i appreciate it okay brother yeah. thanks for coming on i'm going to reach out to you here shortly and um and i i think we could set that up because the whole reason why i didn't want you in studio this time is because i don't want to lose i don't want to lose the phone call aspect of the show yeah, was because okay. that's what we do. We do phone calls on here and it's been, I mean, we've done it every week and I don't want to lose that. But what I, um, it popped in my head while he was talking. I was like, man, I think that would be so cool for us to take a call with him here. And then we would have, um, a person that's, that's really getting along then having an atheist in studio talking yeah. to another unbeliever of some sort. I just think that would be, I think that'd be real cool, man. I'm going to let the, I'm going to let, um, I'm going to let the Lord talk to me about which one, because of the, the perfect guest for you. And I know, I know he'll show me. So, um, I, okay. so, but I appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming can, on. Can I ask you one more question? 
Yeah, I was actually going to ask if I could elaborate on something I said a little earlier, too, but go ahead. Please do. No, you do no. first. You yeah, go you first, and first. then Larry, he'll remember his question. Uh, go ahead. It, it was just on the uh, what happens after you die thing. I want to make it kind of or clear it up that it's, it's not that I believe that I will be experiencing nothing. It's that there won't be a me to experience anything after death. Um, so there won't be that feeling of missing anything. Like I know that came up earlier. Like, how would you feel if that were the case? I wouldn't be there to feel. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Your question. Yeah. Like, if, so if, yeah, the, well, if there well, isn't anything, then, you know, why, why have the fear of it? Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my question would be as an EMT, Pete, EMT paramedic, you did in fact come across people that were dying, correct? Oh yeah. We on a weekly basis. Okay. On the ones that did not believe and the ones that did believe, was there a difference in their attitude when they were facing death? Um, man, that's a real hard question to answer because it's not, it's not really something I would have known what their beliefs yeah. were unless they were in a position to, you know, be praying as they were dying or something. Um, I just don't know that I would know what their beliefs are to be able to answer that question. Yeah, because he won't you. he won't know the people. Does that make sense? The only way he would yeah, know okay. if they had like a cross necklace yeah. or something. Yeah. And which even that, you, you don't know if they're an actual Christian or not. Right. You know? He showed up at the end of a traumatic event and it was yeah. all over at that point. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. Like it was, it was already on their, on its way out. They didn't have time to sit there and have a conversation. So yeah, he may not have, you may not have been able to draw that at all. Like whether someone was more peaceful about death if they believed or did you ever have one yeah. that you're like, did you ever have one that, that passed away that. That um, so you said they were there were some people that prayed like what what would they say? Oh, just I mean, just kind of the I mean everything from you know save me I'm not ready to die type stuff to I'm ready to come home Lord you know it was the whole the whole spectrum. Everybody's different. Everybody you know would pray their different ways, but God that got um, been hard for you, you, man. That that had been hard, dude. (laughs) Oh, dude, yeah. And you know where I'm at, um, There's we're kind of in the Bible Belt. There's not a lot of very outspoken atheists around here. So, oh. yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times on the ambulance I've had people ask me to pray with them. Um, and there was, I told you, you know, I've been doing this job for 13 years. So when I started, I was actually still a believer. Um, now, the job didn't have anything to do with me, you know, leaving the faith or anything, anything more than just that was part of my life experience. You don't but, think it had anything to do with it? Nothing? Well, I'm, I'm sure there were factors, but it wasn't like, a, you know, oh, all this death, I can't believe there's a God type thing is kind of what I meant there. Does that yeah. make sense? I yeah. 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 I got you. Okay. Got you. It, it wasn't like a, wow, the world is such a bad place. There can't be a God. It was just an, an experience I have that I'm sure contributes to every decision I make. But, um, yeah, it wasn't a huge factor. <laughs> well, whether there is a God or there isn't, death still happens. So, you know. Of course, yeah. It's just, it's just that's what happens. There's no stopping it. So, okay. Did you have anything else, Coco? Um, 
I don't think so. I just, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. I appreciate the offer to come down this winter. Um, I think you guys are, are doing good things, man. Keep Thank it you, up. man. I'm keep I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, brother. Okay. All right, brother. Thank right. you. Thank Love you, you Larry, Mark, everybody. Love you guys. Have Later, bro. Hey, Love same, you too, man. Cool, man. I but, like his energy. I think yeah. he's cool, man. I mean, considering that I have never met him, never talked to him, don't know anything about this dude. Literally, I felt comfortable talking to him. Yeah, like I've talked, like I know him. I mean, that's he how does I felt. have that, like that voice too, where he's just uh, chill. He's just chill he's as chill, can yeah. be. He doesn't really nothing's gonna. Ra- that's the one thing I notice about paramedics, fire, uh, firefighters, and cops is it's really hard to shock us about anything, and we do have that. Like, you could literally say anything, and I'd just be sitting here like this. Like heard no- it before. <laughs> nothing, nothing really shocks me anymore because it just. Like I've seen it all. There's been a couple times where I've saw on my face where somebody would tell me a story here where I'm like, but it has to be something pretty, pretty wild. I mean, I, when I hear a cop, you don't really see a whole lot of spiritual stuff. Right. You know, it's just more like real world. As a cop, you never came across someone dying. They were already dead. Uh, no. Yeah, I have before, but it wasn't often. It was rare that uh, they like most of the time they were already dead when I got there. Yeah. Did they ask you to pray? No, no. Most of the time, it was like people that were like fighting for their lives. Like it was like, like, yeah. And then the most of the time, it like it wouldn't be Did me. Did you there. offer to pray with them? Would no, you like, like me to pray for you. The, so the 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 one the the ones that I went to, like there was like people there that would be like working on them and stuff like that. That and and I'm I'm sitting there waiting to so process. So you're just an observation. Yeah, yeah. Ob- yeah. I'm not getting involved in that aspect. Yeah, like I I I wait until whatever happens has to happen, and then I come in and do my thing after it's already. You didn't done. do that, like hey, would you, take your breath, your last breath already. Be done with this. So I can get on with processing this. Especially if I got called away from lunch or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, get this done, bub. I'm hungry. Get this yeah. done, bubba. I figured, man, never mess with a uh, confidence donut. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was more more like pizza for me at the time. But yeah, pizza. donuts now. Yeah. yeah. I worked it's in bad pizza. Bad cop, no pizza. I worked in name. pizza. It's 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 a touchy subject. But yeah, it's it's one of those things, man, that like, yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple cool things. Like um, I saw, I, I worked a case where a guy had burnt his house down. And there was a there was like an angel inside the house that wasn't touched, like a statue of an angel that was. Everything in the house was completely burnt to the ground. It was black, and there was a white angel with a white, just completely white. Well, you know that church that burned on the south side down on South Walker, right? No, they rebuilt. They literally just now it was on the news. They just tore it down, and oh, really now nice. they're doing their rebuild. Um, I I got a picture of the picture from the helicopter and. They burnt the whole roof caved in, and the only thing that didn't burn was a picture of Jesus on the wall. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, I got a picture of it. I got yeah. a picture of my phone." That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a few things, a few things have happened. I remember I went to this wa- lady's house um, one time, and I go in, and she's an elderly lady, and I walk in, and she goes, "President," she had her she had her like cordless phone in her hand. She goes, "President Obama's on the phone." And there's some kids that's petting a tiger in my TV right now. And I keep I keep shutting it off. President Obama has tapped my phone. And I keep shutting it off. Oh. And every time I go back in the bedroom, those dang kids turn my TV back on. And I come back in there and I tell them stop petting the tiger. And I, I oh, remember sitting Schizophrenics there, are hard. I remember sitting there. I remember sitting there in the living room when she's telling me this story. And I had a partner with me. And I was a sergeant at the time. 
and I have my partner with me and I'm sitting there and I go, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know what to do. And then it was funny. My partner, my partner was like this and he just started inching towards the TV and I'm like, what is he doing? And she's still talking about these kids petting tigers in her TV. And he reaches his hand down to the TV knob. And I was like, hey, no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you leave the TV alone, yeah, pal. Yeah. If there's tigers in there, I don't want to know. Okay. And, and I made him stop. So. My, my mom, at the last part of her life, had Alzheimer's. And really? so there were times that she was way off on what she was thinking and talking, yeah. you know? And, and, I would him uh, when ants and and something was over there. I'd 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 mess with mom because she was off, you know, thinking about it on some other plane. And and like one time, she kept mentioning she wanted to go home to her house in Texas. Dude, like, she's never lived, lived in Texas. Oh wow, she never once lived in Texas. The thing about but this, I put her in the car. I drove her around Overholster twice, and I took her back to her house in Bethany. Oh, yeah, just to make her, yeah. Here you are, we're in Texas. Yeah. Well, I didn't even say we're in Texas. The I said, do about, you recognize everything? And she said, yeah, it's looking familiar. And I said, okay. And I took her out and I thought, this, this is your house, Mom, right? And she goes, yeah. I said, well, let's go wow. in. The thing about this lady, the house I went to, her house was in pristine condition. Like she dusted, mopped, vacuumed Schiz every day. I think you're right on the schizophrenic. Yeah. So, anyway, okay, we got to wrap it up. We're at 151. Um, it was a good show today. I appreciate it. Appreciate everybody coming in. So Appreciate you, buddy. All right. Likewise. Say your thing. Do that leadership thing. What's that mean? Lead us. Oh, say your thing. Jesus loves you. So do I. Uh, thanks for watching and listening. We are out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.